Hey, everybody. Uh, oh, that was awesome. <laughs> Love it when y'all say hey back. Um, and just in case I, there's anybody in the room I don't haven't met or don't know, I'm Penny Harris. I'm the children's pastor um, here at Stonebridge, and um, I'm very fond of talking about the kids in our church, and um, we just have some incredible, incredible kids. Um, and, you know, I, I could stand up here and talk a lot about the logistics and what we're doing and what we're teaching right now and all that kind of thing. But what I really want to talk about is just really what's on my heart for the kids right now and some really exciting things that I'm seeing happening with our kids right now. So for, I would say, probably for the last month or so, one of the things I've really been praying um, is for the kids to really hear from the Lord, whether that's through when they're reading Scripture or that's in their small group when they're discussing Scripture but more specifically, when they're alone with the Lord, really hearing from, from him when they're praying, um, hearing from him through dreams. And the really exciting thing is that we're seeing that happen. Um, kids who are saying, Miss Penny, I had this dream, and I think it was from the Lord, or I had this thought, and I think, I think it's from the Lord. But when a five-year-old says to you, how do I know it's not me thinking it and it's God speaking to me? When a five-year-old is asking a question like that, that's exciting stuff. Um, after I shared that a little bit of that last night, I had a mom at the end of the night that said, I have to tell you that my daughter came running into our room a few about a week ago and said, I had a dream, and I know it was from God, and this is what happened. And, you know, the mom's crying. I'm crying. And, and um, so, so God is doing some incredible things in the hearts of our kids. Um, one of the things you guys know about, Micah, Wink, Micah Winkle and, and just the health things that are going on with him and just the, um, the kids, the boys in his small group really pushing in and praying for him. And, and, you know, on a Sunday morning, I'm walking by and hearing Steve and Judd with their boys and those boys praying, and it just makes you just want to fall to your knees because these, these kids are praying with just the purest hearts and um, – um, another mom shared with me tonight that her child prayed at school in a group that they're doing at school, kind of like FCA for elementary school, and prayed in front of the crowd. And the teacher was so blown away, like taped it and sent it to the mom, like his prayers. And so I guess in saying all that, I just want to say that when you think of Pathfinders, whether you have kids in Pathfinders or not, just um, remember that those kids that are up the street are part of our body as well. So when you're thinking about our church and you're praying for us as leaders and you're praying for our body, um, pray for our kids, that they are just going to continue to to hear from the Lord, um, that they're going to be protected. Obviously, we want protection on our children because, you know, when God's stirring things up in them, that's just, you know, the enemy loves to distract from that. And so just pray protection for our children and pray for, for them to be really open um, to what the Lord is showing them and saying to them, and that they'll be bold enough then to um, to share it with their parents, with us here at church, with their small group leaders, and with each other, um, what the Lord is doing. So that is my heart and my prayer, and I would encourage you guys to, to join me in praying that for our kids. So thanks. And David, where do you go? Oh, cool. Um, Two things that I wanted to share with you guys really quick. It was about uh, three, year, it's three years ago this month that I first sat down with David, and we talked about uh, the idea of me coming here to do student ministry and 
And when I left that conversation, the reason I left, I was sharing with somebody was because um, because we both concluded that what we wanted to see was what it would look like to build a student ministry around relationships, not around events, not around programs or a personality, but around relationships. And um, there's a couple of cool things that are going on or have happened in the past couple of months uh, related to that that I wanted to share with you guys. One is I'm in school right now. Some of y'all know that, some of you don't. Um, But I took a class last semester, and I had to do a study of our student ministry for a final paper and find out why do students come here? Why would they choose to come here as opposed to other places? What, what is it about that? What, what value do we bring to the table? Um, and um, almost across the board, with, I surveyed students and interviewed them, went through a variety of things, and almost all of them, um, I thought they would say games or, you know, worship or the food. I didn't know. Um, but they said, they said my small group. They said my small group. And when I asked them the question, what's the one thing um, that if we took it away, you would quit coming? And they said my small group. Um, and, and that was great, and I say that because it, it shows that what we're trying to do is working, that we're building a ministry not around an event. We are fun. We do events occasionally, but, but that that's not what connects our students in. It's, 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 it's y'all. It's, a lot of our leaders are here tonight. It's, it's y'all and what you do and what you have done um, that connects them in relationally, and, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, kind of the second piece of that, though, is that on Sunday nights um, – there, there are a couple of things that our small groups don't have. One is that um, there's there's just a variety of students who come, and there's not time is limited, and so it's tough to really go as deep as we would like to go on those nights. The other thing is I, I don't get to lead a small group, and so it means I'm missing out on something that's pretty uh, incredibly vital uh, to our ministry. And so I put an offer out there this semester um, every other Wednesday night where I just said to our students, if you want to come, uh, from 6.30 to 7.30, and I, I called it deeper um, because that's what we wanted to do. And you just want to dig in deeper. You just want to, like, cut off all the kind of, I guess, not the fat, but the extras that come in on a Sunday night. And we're going to read the Bible, and we're going to talk about our lives and be honest, and we're going to dig in and see where those two things intersect. Um, and we had 16 students respond, which was, which, which kind of blew me away and kind of created some logistical problems that we're still trying to work through. But it, it, it's been incredible so far. What happens is uh, these 16 students, we get together um, twice a month, and, and they, they share openly about their lives, what they're embarrassed about that's happening, what they're excited about that's happening. And in addition to that, they're reading through the Bible at a pretty incredible rate for students. They finished um, the book of Mark um, just the first two weeks into January. They finished the book of Mark, and we're engaging each other on it. Um, last a, a week ago tonight, they were so engaged with each other, kind of talking about what Jesus was doing that I actually had to cut them off because we were running over and they needed to go home to their parents. And I had text messages from kids the next day and kid walk, kids walking up to me on Sunday and saying that was the best part of my week. And it, it's just blowing me away the way that they're engaging things. And so I'm just excited about it. I want to thank you guys for the things that you've done to just allow me to be here, to be a part of something like that. Like there are a lot of places where that wouldn't even be an option. We would have to be event driven. And so this is a precious place to be that that y'all value that enough that that's what I get to do uh, for my job. And then ask you to be praying for us. Um, be praying for our small group leaders, please regularly, because that is the place where the student who comes on a Sunday night that, that's where they connect, and that's where they receive the majority of what they know about who the Lord is and what relationship with the Lord is supposed to look like. So pray for our small group leaders. And then also, if you could pray for this Wednesday night thing, um, as far as just the students 
um, engaging the scriptures. It's cool to see them talk about them, but I also want to see them transform their lives. I want them to engage them in ways that don't just create cool conversations, but but conform them to the image of Christ. And so if you could pray for that, and then you could also pray as we continue on in doing this, there are just it started out good, but we're kind of in uncharted waters. There aren't a lot of places that try to do ministry this way. And so if you could just pray for wisdom and discernment um, as we continue on this, I'd really appreciate it. So I think Bo is next. So I'm going to turn it over to Bo Brett. All right. It's good to see you all. Um, I want to talk a little bit about what I've sensed and what we've kind of sensed as a staff um, on Sunday morning so and Sunday night for the five the five o'clock people. I didn't forget about you. But um, really on Sunday morning more so just because it's jam-packed in here. Um, there's been a what we've described kind of as a, almost a, heavy, a heaviness in the room since about Thanksgiving. Um, I didn't sense it at all this week. This was a, one of the best Sundays I've ever been a part of it really was awesome i think brandon's testimony kind of kicked it off um but just just in that um what god started stirring in my heart was the the need for unity number one that we're all coming from different backgrounds different walks of life different styles of worship even um coming to room and, and trying to merge together so any new batch of people come in we have to acclimate back to to who we are and find out who that is. But also that there's a huge responsibility in worship, not just for the team up front or the staff, but every person in the room to, to be prepared to give themselves to the Lord. Like he's, he's worthy every week, whether we, we're on or off or whatever. Um, so what I, what I was sensing is uh, just to, to come in with a mindset of just being prepared. Um, and if you're distracted, I mean, I get distracted up, up here. It's not like we're always just zoned in, locked in. It's just to pray. Just pray, God, I'm, I don't know where you are right now, but I need you to come. And I need you to come for me. I need you to come for the people around me. Um, come and move. And just that the, the prayer and worship partner together in this place, just the, the sweetness and richness that can come from that, um, I think will take us to another level. Um, and I know it's crowded. I know if you want to express yourself, you probably hold back because I don't want to touch somebody. But the fact is, that's all we got. This is a big. We're not. We're not going to get any bigger. Um, at least not for seven years. Um, so we got to do what we what we can do. And Jesus is still Jesus. He's still the King, whether we're tied or not. Um, so I would just encourage you to to begin to look at worship as is work. It is actually work. Just like giving, it's it's sacrificial. Giving your, your money or your time, it's a sacrifice. So every week that you come in, say, God, I want to I come before you and approach you because of who you are. But not only that, because I want to show the people around me. I want to be an example to those and lead them into your presence just by me doing this the way I do it. Um, so I know you all know a lot of that. I just feel like I needed to say it. I want us all on the same page. We're family. And as we kind of have people coming in off the streets and coming in that don't know what we're doing, the more of us that are together, they're unified, um, I think the more power that we'll see and the more we'll break that we'll have. Um, 
And I think we got some stuff, yeah, for Lent. So starting on Ash Wednesday from 12 to 1, we're going to have the church open to pray. We're just, we'll have some instrumental music and some slides, scriptures, slides up. And just feel free to come drop in. You can stay the whole time or you just drop in at any point in time just to kind of center back on the Lord, to pray for the city, to pray for whatever you're going after the, you know, we're, we're going to be praying for the lost over, over Lent and that's some you can come just sitting here and it's a quiet place. It'd be be great. Also, we got the Ash Wednesday service, the Seder meal, which David, Scott, and I are going to be working on, and then this Good Friday and Easter service. So, all right, David. Hey, I'm glad you guys are here. Uh, I'm. Sunday night at the 5 o'clock service, I had a picture, and it was Bo kind of holding a door open, and people were uh, kind of walking underneath his arm uh, to come inside. And I don't think the picture was necessarily about Bo specifically, but it was more the idea for us that in worship, we want to make sure we're we're holding the door open for others uh, who are coming here. All we have to offer, and y'all know this, the only thing we have to offer them is the presence of the Lord. If they don't meet him, we don't have anything else. And so worship is one of the places um, where people can do that. So just to affirm and echo what Bo said, um, two things I want to talk about. One, uh, Lent. Every year during Lent, we do a corporate fast. We're going to do that again this year. Two areas um, I want you to be thinking and praying about. The theme for me is hunger, which works with the fast. One, hunger for the presence of God. So that's within the body, both here at Stonebridge and the downtown body of Christ, just asking God to stir hunger in his people for him. And then the other is praying for people who don't know him uh, to begin to hunger for Jesus. I don't know if there are people, I'm certain there are people in your life who you love, and they're just not interested. They're not interested in Jesus. They're not interested in the gospel And we want to pray that over the course of those 40 days of Lent that God will begin to bring them to a place where they're they're just not satisfied with whatever it is that they're substituting in their life for Jesus. And so that there would be an openness and a receptivity there. I'm not trying to get anybody to come here. This is not there's no invitation piece where ultimately we're going to say invite them here. It's it's not the point. The point is to get them connected to Jesus, whatever that looks like. And so those are the two things that we're going to be going after. Let me give you a little background on fasting. Many of you have fasted before, but just in case you haven't, fasting is voluntarily going out, going without food for a particular period of time. There's three types of fasts in the Bible. We emphasize two of them. One is called a normal fast, which is you give up, you you give up food for a certain period of time. I'm not going to eat breakfast. That's a normal fast. I'm not going to eat on Tuesdays. That's a normal fast. Jesus did that for 40 days in the wilderness. There's also a partial fast. You see that in Daniel 10. I'm going to give up certain food. Daniel didn't eat delicacies. uh, I think it was for three weeks that he did that. So during Lent, a lot of times people will give up coffee or they'll give up chocolate or something like that. Uh, Our kids usually participate, and one of the things they always ask is, do we have to give up something that we like? It definitely has a bit more meaning if you give up something that you like. And so you can think about that. Um, 
And there's also abstain. There's a there's also something called an absolute fast, which I don't recommend. That's no food or liquid. And there are a cup. Paul, I think, did that. I think we read that in Acts, but that's not anything that we emphasize here. So I would say one of those two, if you're going to fast, if for whatever reason fasting just it, you can't or it doesn't work uh, in your lifestyle, you can also abstain, giving up certain activities. Uh, oftentimes people will give up TV. Uh, they'll give up social media. I knew a guy who gave up talking for some period of time. I don't know how. Anyway, he did. So those are the types of things that you can do. And while you're doing those, we obviously want to be praying as well. It's not just about not giving up food. It's also about uh, shifting our focus more towards the Lord. And so those two things, praying for God uh, to stir a hunger in his people for his presence and praying for God to uh, stir a desire in him, their desire in people who don't know him for the gospel. I don't know why fasting works but it does. It's a spiritual discipline that God seems to honor. It is absolutely not magic. Just because you're fasting doesn't mean you're going to get what you want. But there does seem to be something about it. It's transformative for us individually. I don't know why. For me, one of the biggest um, benefits of fasting is it makes me say no. And I think in our culture, there's there's not a value on no. We get what we want, when we want it, the way we want it. And to actually say, no, I'm not going to eat. For me, there's a, there's a spiritual discipline there that begins to transcend food. I don't know how it may be for you. Maybe it's an issue of reordering priorities. But God does seem to honor it individually. And then he also, there does seem to be a release of his power when we fast. And again, I don't know why. Maybe it's something, you know, a wedding ring is an outward sign of an inward grace and an inward commitment and maybe fasting is similar you know we're this outward sign of us seeking god even more than or wanting him even more than we want to eat i don't know but both the bible and christian history says this is effective again it's not guarantees but it is effective and so i would encourage you uh, to fast in some way uh, during lent my particular challenge i'm going to be fasting on mondays And I would love for anybody else who wants to, to fast with me on Mondays. And specifically on Monday, we're going to pray for people who don't know Jesus. We're not going to gather together, but wherever you are, the people who you love, who don't know the Lord, I just want you to pray for them on Monday. And then we gather here every Tuesday morning at 7, which I know is a terrible time. But we will break that fast here uh, with communion Tuesday morning at 7. Those of you who can't come, you eat a McMuffin or whatever you do for breakfast. But that whole idea of corporately, we're together on Monday, even if we're not in the same place, praying for the same thing. I just want to see. Again, I'm not trying to get more people to come to our church, but I definitely want to see more people coming into the kingdom. And so let's see what happens if over the course of those 47 days, I think it is, 40 days of Lent, we're constantly or regularly praying for the lost. Does anybody have any questions about fasting at all? No? Good. I mean, did I hit everything? Yeah. All right, so the second thing I want to share about is this idea. I butchered this last night. So everyone who came last night will actually probably not come back to church anymore because I did such a poor job. Communi- it, will, it will make it easier for y'all on Sunday morning. There will be more space. So this is the danger. My Misty says, I can't do family dinners. I don't mind you on Sunday morning ever. 
but family dinner, I pull my hair out because I don't know what you're going to say. So I'm trying to be a little more, I'm trying, but none of this is fully formulated. So that's my disclaimer going in. I'm just trying to share where I am on some things. I mentioned back in the fall, I had this restless kind of unsettled feeling and I didn't know what it was and I didn't know where it was stemming from. I thought it was from the Lord, but I didn't know what direction it was going in. I talked to a guy and he mentioned, I'm, I'm about to be 40, and this guy mentioned, oh, I talked to this African lady, and this is their traditions around turning 40. You have a huge party, and then you have a baby. And for him, he said, I'm writing a book. We're not going to have any more babies. But that idea got in me. What, what is there? And I've been kicking that around, and probably eight weeks ago, maybe, maybe two months ago, I was just this idea popped into my head about um, David's mighty men. You can read about them in Second. Samuel and also in Chronicles. It's just this list. It's a very boring chapter. It's a list of about 37 guys and a a few highlights of some things that they did as the inner core of David's army. I think the Bible says they did mighty exploits is the phrase. And that idea has been kind of kicking around in my heart and in my head for six or eight weeks. And so in terms of grabbing onto that, I want to form a, um, a little gathering of mighty men and women, so gender inclusive. We'll probably start sometime in March or April. I'm not sure. We have to look at the calendar or make sure I have all of my ducks in a row. But something around then, twice a month. And what I'm looking for, and this is what was difficult last night, is I, I'm trying to say this is, there's a, there's a ultimately – This will be for everybody. My desire is that if you stay at Stonebridge for any length of time, at some point you move through this gathering. But it may not be for everybody right now. So I'm saying it's for people who feel called. If I share and there's this thing in your heart that says yes, then I want you to come. And also for people who are needy. As I share about it, if you think I need that, then I want you to come. And if you don't feel called and you don't feel need for it, then don't come. And it's not, I'm not trying to create division and first class and second class within the church at all. The thing I felt from the Lord was we need a gathering for people who are actively engaged in doing their deal. And that's what I'm looking for. So I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to teach or any of those things. We're going to get together. Bo's going to lead us in worship. We're going to pray. We're going to hear where people are. And then we're going to spur one another on and that's from uh first that spur one another on is from hebrews 10 but specifically what does that look like first corinthians fourteen three talks about strengthening and encouraging and comforting and those three things are what i'm thinking we're going to do with one another building one another up encouraging one another and then comforting one another when people fail which we all will at some point so that's my skeleton of what i'm seeing for the spring that I, I believe kind of answers this unsettled feeling or this stirring in my heart from the summer and the fall. So again, twice a month, this does not take the place of Sundays. It does not take the place of your small group. I see it as something that for most people will be seasonal. You'll come in for some stretch, maybe two or three or four, and then you won't come for a while. Again, it's based on Is this something that I need right now, or do I feel God's calling me to come to this thing right now? And I don't know if four people will come or 40 will come, but we're going to do the same thing 
regardless. And it'll just be interesting to me to see what happens when we gather together explicitly as people who are saying, I'm currently, this period of my life, I'm on go. I'm actively engaging in what God is calling me to, and I'm intentionally connecting in the presence of God with other people who are doing the same thing. This is not meant to be arrogant at all, but in a lot of ways, I feel like our church We're going to go first in some things, and this is an area where I think we can go first and make it easy for other people to come behind in terms of engaging in what God is doing in the community. So do you all have any questions? I'm not going to have any answers, but you can go ahead and ask the questions, and it will give me things to think about. Do you all have any questions about that? Because it was so clear. There's so little information, you don't know what to ask. Nothing. Nothing. What do you mean? How long it'll last? Sometime during the week, at night. If we, yeah, we can do that. We'll do childcare for sure. Um, well, most likely, I think there's one night of the week that we don't have small groups at the church, so it would be that night. I'm not sure what night that is. Tuesday, so most likely on Tuesdays. Anything else on that? Does that seem... Okay? Y'all hear what I'm saying? Good. And again, my biggest concern with that is that it would be divisive in the church. And if y'all are picking up on that, I I need you to tell me. If what you're hearing people say or if just the vibe is it's some kind of club, click thing, I I need you to tell me because that's the opposite of what um, I want to happen there. 